Welcome back to tonight's intermission report. Merrimack's visiting UNH tonight at the Whittemore Center Hockey East Action, and we're chatting before the game here. Pete Webster, uh, outstanding uh, color announcer for UNH radio and television. Also play-by-play. You did play-by-play for the games over in Belfast uh, last weekend. How did that go? It was an exciting trip. Uh, so it was an adventure, both good and bad. Uh, some electronic problems. I had a migraine during the broadcast, but you know, it all came out great in the end. We had, we had a great time. Uh, and the team ended up with a win on Saturday, so it came home across the pond with a victory under its belt. Uh, so uh, what, uh, what could have been a really tough time turned out in the end to be a very good trip. Well, let's forget hockey for a minute. That's a great trip over there to make, to be able to make. Uh, was that your first time over there, and what are some of the things that you got to, to do and experience while you were there? Um, well, I, 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 I'm going to have to say it, Mike, but I got to experience the pub life in Belfast, and uh, that, that was probably uh, the only thing I really had time for. Uh, we played the 3 o'clock game on both days, so that's kind of right in the middle of, of the day, so not a lot of sightseeing. Uh, did, did a little bit with the team on a bus tour. I uh, got to see the Peace Wall, uh, the Falls Road, the Shank Hill Road, where a lot of the troubles happen between the Protestants and Catholics. Uh, so it was really interesting, the historical part of that, that we, we did get to experience. And the first game we played in a whole in front of a whole lot of uh, kids from Belfast in their school colors because they all wear uniforms to school, public and private schools. So they sat in areas with their school wearing their school jumpers, as they would say, their sweaters. So that was, uh, was kind of neat, a little bit of cultural value to it. What's your take overall in the tournament, the Friendship Four? It's now several years that it's been played over there. I know this was the first trip for UNH, but uh, a lot of the hockey teams have had a chance to, to have had a chance to go, and, and uh, the reviews that I've heard from other folks have, have been very positive. I wonder what your take was. Yeah, it's very positive to go to a, a different land, a different culture. It is a long trip. It does take some time to adapt to the time change, uh, a little bit of the food change, the culture, uh, but it's really well worth it for the experience, and I think for the uh, student-athletes, it's it's worth it to get that kind of experience. They have maybe a little bit more tie into the local schools because it isn't there is an educational feature to this tournament, uh, and that I think is very important. Uh, and Belfast is a sister city of Boston, and and you know hockey is being really located around Boston. I think that's very important too, and I, I think it was very much well, well worth it. Is that basically a week long trip? You leave on Sunday and come back maybe the following Sunday after the games are over. Yes, that's what the team did. Uh, being a teacher myself, I had to wait until. Tuesday night to fly out, so I got there Wednesday, did have some time to adapt, and uh, be ready for the games on Friday and Saturday. All right, well, this will be the third meeting tonight between these teams, UNH and Merrimack. Two, uh, throughout the empty net goal last night, it's two one-goal wins, uh, you know, one for each team. What was your take on the game last night? UNH, uh, Merrimack won by the score of 4-2, as I mentioned, with the empty net goal. Yeah, it uh, came down to special teams, as uh, we know, three for four well, was Merrimack on the power play, and uh, the Wildcats got a little undisciplined there in the third period, when, when really you have to win games. And Merrimack showed that they were going to take advantage of uh, those slip-ups by the Wildcats. And that was really the difference in the game. It was really a very evenly played game. Maybe a little bit more of an edge to Merrimack, the home team playing on that rink, that they know how to transition so quickly. And uh, But it just seemed like uh, it was a very energetic, frenetic pace out there, up and down. Maybe more so than I felt in October. Uh, but uh, uh, Merrimack, you have to give them a lot of credit. They hung in there. They, they stayed with it. Came from behind in the third period, took advantage of a five-minute major, and got the victory.
We saw a number of reviews. There were certainly reviews on both of the major penalties. Uh, one was called against Merrimack in the first period and one against UNH uh, in the third period. But uh, what's your thought overall, the use of replay, the way it's being used in college hockey? Because I kind of have this feeling almost like, like you know, something's not quite right about it and I don't necessarily like to see, uh, you know, that we're going to go to replay on every one of these situations. You'd almost like to see the call made and, and upheld there on the ice. But what's your take? Well, I, I don't think they needed the uh, video replay. They could have just asked me because I had that call on both of them. Uh, um, I, I, I did th- think that uh, Tavernier's was a five-minute major, and I definitely thought that Robbie Griffin's for UNH in the third period was a five-minute major as well. Um, I, I thought those were kind of um, obvious ones. They set the tone in the first period. They weren't going to let that happen. So um, I really thought there needed to be a review on one of the Merrimack goals that I thought hit underneath the crossbar. I wanted to see an overhead view of it. So in some instances, uh, it, it's I don't think it's really warm. Warranted. They're going to it maybe just a little too easily. And other ones, I, I, I feel like they're missing and they should get an extra look at it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's happening across a whole lot of sports. You know, is it good? Is it bad? You look at, uh, I follow professional soccer in Europe. The, the English League, the Premier League, they're having a lot of problems with it. The Bundesliga in Germany, they're doing it the right way. It's very minimally used. It's only at critical spots that it's being used. And they're getting a lot better reviews. I think it'll take some time. Time and, and it has been used here now for a few years, but it's still going to take a little bit of time to get it all ironed out. Um, you know, talking with Mike Souza before the game, uh, you know, and, and he mentioned certainly offense. That's, certainly, that's been a key for both these teams, I think, trying to find guys that consistently can produce and score goals. But I also have this feeling like across the Division One hockey as a whole, it just seems like the, there's more and more teams that have this issue where, you know, it's tough to get not only to maybe three goals a game, but sometimes even two. You know, UNH and Merrimack are just two of those teams. There's a few others in Hockey East as well. But do you think there's anything, uh, you know, in terms of the way the game's being played or, or maybe the talent level or something like that that, that's got something to do with this or is it something else? I think it's the defensemen are so much better now. They are bigger, they're stronger, and they're so much more mobile. I was watching closely last night uh, our pairing, Kelly Erickson and um, Will McKinnon back in the back line. And Will McKinnon uh, at 5'11", he is so quick on his feet and moving that puck and getting it out of the zone. So you're seeing a level of talent defensively that is so much better. And these kids are so much more offensive-minded as well from the defensive side so they can be creative they do a lot of moving on offense as well as playing very good in their own end and I think that's right across college hockey gone are the days where it's Sousa, Krog, and Hadar three on one shot score that's that's gone <laughs> or the fact that you know as you mentioned a guy like uh, you know whether it's you know McKinnon I thought he had a great game last night Gildon obviously you know guys that step up into the play Merrimack's got, had a number of the, the even the freshmen this year that just seem to be on, on another level of from what they've had in the past in terms of the ability to, to move the puck and, and not only move the puck but also be very quick on their skates. You know, the, the, remember the days when the defenseman pretty much stopped at the blue line, right? You know, dump the puck in, pull up at the blue line. That doesn't happen anymore. No, it doesn't. Uh, they can be so creative. that Anthony Wise, our captain, uh, will go in deep four or five times a game, and he's big, he's strong, he's quick. He can carve an edge real quickly and real tightly, and he can create stuff offensively. You saw Max Gildon's puck handling skills. The way he makes those arching curves, it's very hard to stay on him. And uh, he likes to rush the puck up on the power 
play, and it uses uh, use the wingers as a decoy and try to get up through the middle. Uh, so yeah, those the defensive guys. There's so much talent now yeah. on the defensive end, and and uh, you know it's uh, it's 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 hard to hard to say. Uh, you know, it's it, they're not putting up the great numbers because there are some good defensemen at at the other end too that that they have to go through. But uh, the the game has really gone through a lot of changes in the last few years. Just on how you're trying to break the puck in the zone on the power play, it's more of the defenseman's responsibility of getting it in with possession yeah. nowadays. A lot of teams are using that strategy. Well, before we let you go, Pete, uh, last time we'll have a chance to see you this year, unfortunately. So certainly want to wish you Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and everything, and best of luck, best of luck to you and H the rest of the way. Also, but well, your thoughts on where these two teams stand and what they need to do the rest of the season to be able to get to where they need to be? Uh, score. <laughs> That's they just got to figure out a way to score. I like Merrimack's defense. They're young. When he had five freshman defensemen out in the lineup last night, uh, I, I like that. That's going to bode well for the future. Uh, UNH has some young guys back there as well, uh, but it's all going to come down to can you put the puck in the net consistently? And that's what it's going to take. <laughs> all right, Pete. Thanks a lot. Should be great. Uh, really appreciate you joining us. Always great to see you. Glad to see you doing well, also. And uh, again, uh, have fun the rest of the way. And Merry Christmas. Thank you, Mike. Merry Christmas to you guys too. That's Pete Webster from UNH Radio and Television Broadcast as well. We'll be back with more right after this, and uh, John Leahy will have his recap of the game to this point. Uh, again, uh, you are listening to Warrior Hockey, Merrimack at UNH Hockey. This is Warrior Hockey.